from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the Jack and Spike Show. Welcome back to the Jack and Spike Show. Seattle Archdiocese is going to start consolidating Catholic parishes as crowds dwindle. Republicans have just savaged that border in Ukraine deal. I see why. You want to get into it, Spike? Because I know exactly why. They're doing uh, I, I think I know why, but usually I'm wrong. Okay. And usually you've done a little more research than I have, and you can tell me and set me straight. Then also, Mickey Gomez is going to be coming on in a couple of you to talk about people who are ODing on a non-narcotic drug, which is bad time. So before we get to this local story about the Seattle Archdiocese, the reason that this border bill isn't going to be a thing and the reason that Mike Johnson is saying that he doesn't want to play ball with it is because it's tied to two other funding mechanisms. It's tied to aid to Ukraine. Right. And it's tied to aid to Israel. And also, he does not like the provision in it, which says that they will only, as soon as 5,000 illegal entries, uh, are, did you read this part of it? Uh, 5,000 on average per day per for day. a week's time. Right. And if that happens, then Biden then closes the border. Close the border. And the other thing that he doesn't like about it is the fact that it expedites the visa process for asylum seekers who are already in the United States. One of the lies that you will hear over and over again from many conservative commentators is that they will say that this is an attempt to rig the 2024 election. Now, we've gone over this before, but because I keep hearing it, I feel like it's important to let people know in order for somebody to vote, they need to have much more than just a visa. You need to be a naturalized citizen. That process takes about five to seven years. Correct. You have to fill out all that paperwork. You have to go through all the, the legal mechanisms of it, and it costs a huge amount of money to do that. So that's not so if Joe Biden's planning on winning another election in 2029 to 2031. <laughs> oh God, please don't even toy with that. He that might be the case. Push but, a 90, though. but here's the problem, though, is that second generation, the children of migrants more often than not vote GOP. Wow. Who would have thunk it? Yeah. If you look at all the Venezuelan migrants who end up in uh, in Florida, overwhelmingly, 90 yes. percent of those people Vote GOP. Much more conservative. Much more conservative yep, much family, more much more conservative yep. culture. You so bet it is. what you get a lot here is that th- there's a lot of stuff going on here. There's the political, there's the cultural aspect. And also, why give Biden a win when you got him on the ropes? Th- I, there you go. Why now we finally him? peeled back the onion to find the stinky part in the middle. Right. But you got to understand Mike Johnson's position that the, there are many people, there are many Americans out there who are suffering deeply. And then they look at the people in Ukraine with their brand new tanks and their brand new medical packs to fight off fascism. And they say to themselves, I'm making twenty two thousand dollars a year and I live in a trailer park. The the local uh, factory shut down eight years ago. Why are we sending billion in aid to Ukraine when I could be using aid right now. There are places in the United States right now, Spike, that look like third world countries. I've seen them. You ever been in New Hampshire? I have, actually. There are people who live year-round in trailer parks that were first designed to be camping sites Mm -hmm. and then eventually became, and those trailers have been there for nigh on decades at this point in time. I'm with you. Still in the Winnebago all these years. So you got to understand, Spike, from that perspective, those people largely vote GOP, and if their representative signs off on that money going to Ukraine, it's a direct slap in the face to Americans over and over and over and over again, and they're waking up to it because they're listening to Alex Jones who's saying, you got nothing, and they're watching Fox News who's saying, you got nothing, and here's the crazy thing about it, Spike, they're totally right about it. They're totally right about it. America sends an unbelievable amount of money to other countries to maintain our military bases or prop up their pension plans or whatever it is. 
And what do Americans get? A thank you card? What do we get? I've seen the memes, you know, uh, $25,000 for Ukrainians, $700 for a person in Maui. I've seen the memes. (laughs) What percentage of the federal budget goes to foreign aid? Tell me. 1%. Okay. Less than 1%. Okay. It's portrayed like we're not doing anything at home because we're helping everybody else around the world first. It's a misrepresentation of fact. And, And when you've got a BS to get your point of view out, I think there's something wrong with your point of view. Okay. You know, and this... The re- you said the first out of the gate. You said these things are tied together. This uh, border security bill. Yeah, they're all tied together. They're yeah, the same bill. Why is why are they tied together? Oh, that's right. Because Republicans insisted <laughs> they would not do any foreign aid until you gave us border security. So you tie these things together, then we'll talk. Now we won't talk no, because I these think, things are tied I, no, together. I, I think that's a misrepresentation. How so? I, because, How am I wrong? I know because I think that the idea was that give us the border deal and then we'll talk about. That's not what was. Pre- that was not what was. But the other thing, Spike, if I can, if we can just go back to it really quick. That 1% that you say is we give to foreign aid, what mm-hmm. does that amount to in actual dollar Oh, it's amounts? a butt ton. I'll, I'll give, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. But people, how many people when you ask people how many, what how many they, people, how many people in the United States are on food stamps? Far too many. How many people are on WIC, welfare? Far, far, far too few <laughs> because they should be helping more people. I'm why, with you why, there. I'm why, with you there. Why do we have child poverty in the United States? Because we don't help enough people uh, with investment in infrastructure uh, and education. I, I'm just saying, Spike, that if you ask me, I'm just saying, this might sound crazy, but if you ask me, does Ukraine, who's gotten tons of money over the last, oh, ballpark at 24 months, do they need another $118 billion or is that $118 I'm just saying if we live in a world where I get to distribute it to who I see fit, would I rather give it to the Ukrainians or would I rather give it to American schools who don't have air conditioning? I, I'm with you on that. And I, I agree with you on that. Help those at home before you reach out and help the people around the world. That's all I'm saying, dog. I got you. When, when the, uh, we, we could get into why it's important to, to be a global partner, be a global player. Well, but, Those are all factors but, into this but conversation. We, are, we have been global players. When we you, supported and, other nations. Here's the problem is that Zelensky is insistent that he gets those regions back. He's insistent about it to our detriment. He could have signed an agreement with Putin six months ago where he said, So you, you know, can have all the stuff you invaded yeah, you and can you have took it. over? You just take it. Just I take would, it. Well, if Mexico invaded America and because, we were fighting a war and you said, okay, you just keep Texas. No, because then he, he would have gotten entry into the UN and it would have been done. Right, but and all instead, you would do is all you would do is then is reward aggressive, you know, a, an attack. Obama did it 2014 with Crimea. I don't, you know what I mean, dog. Like, there's a way that we engage in geopolitics. I'm with and you. And so when uh, you I do this you. thing where you say, "Would I rather have him give up dirt in exchange for human lives?" Yes, full stop. And, Give and, it up, dude. And the next time that Putin does this to other places... Then they're other- part of the UN. Then what is he going to do? He's going to go against the entirety of Europe, man? I mean, this is the thing about... Like, then they're G- part of NATO, you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah NATO. Yeah, yeah. I got you, That's I got what I'm talking you. about, dude. Is that, is that... No, they would be part... It doesn't matter. Point being, man, is that, is that when you're dealing with people or fascists or whatever it is, mm-hmm. I understand the importance of it, but is it actually benefiting Americans? No, in no way, shape, or form. It might have for about the first year... And then after a certain point in time, people begin to say, I have nothing. I mean, Spike, like, this, is my, this is my issue with it, is that the United States is a casino that's more than happy to loan out money to everybody except for Americans. That's a huge issue. It's a huge issue, guy. Okay. And one of the reasons, I'll ask you another question, Spike. Would you rather have a, a, a hint of, of universal health care for Americans or would you rather have funding for Ukraine? I understand I'm giving you a binary distinction here. Put, put universal health care on the table this, and I'll, I'll at make this the point choice. In time, at this point in time, you have a better argument for Americans for universal health care than you do for funding for Ukraine or funding for any of these other countries. How, about, we, how about sending American troops abroad? 
How about that argument? No, we get them all. I say you close every overseas base. Great, I say great. you close them all. Okay. And There's if, no reason to have a base in I'm Dresden with, I'm, I'm, I'm or in you. Hong Kong. Or How many Americans have been sent to Ukraine? I don't think it matters. It, what does I, matter? I don't think it matters. None have. I don't think it matters at all. That's why you fund them so you don't have to go For, and fight wait, there. Okay, but Spike, you're talking about dirt. You are talking about dirt. It means nothing. It means nothing, dude. And this is the argument that you're yeah. making to me. I'm, Over, I'm talking about the lives of Ukrainian citizens. and, they're, and they're, They could have their lives if they give up the dirt. You understand what I'm saying? I, like, I, it, I, I hear and you. So you're the, dug the, in. You have, no the, pun you, intended. Dude, you have this idea, this like very poetic and flowery idea about war and combat and death and destruction. When I'm saying, it doesn't matter. Let the fascists have it. Let us work it out in trade agreements and move on. Or you could just keep sending money over there for endless war, which I'm surprised, dude, because I would have thought that you would have been pro appeasement, po- po- post Iraq, post Afghanistan. You would have said, you know what? I'm tired of money going overseas. I'm not. I think that's. I, issue. I think I think people in Ukraine have as much right to a, a, a life as Americans. No, but they and do. If, if your neighbor's house is on fire, I'd be happy to help. I'd be, I'd be. They're not our neighbors, Spike. They are. They're not. Oh, please, they please, they Spike. Are. This is what I'm saying. Like, I just don't understand this like bizarre pro war stance that you have right now. I have a Where's pr- Gomez? I'm tired of talking about this. Yeah, yeah we've gone far too long. Yeah. <laughs> Is she afraid to come in? I think she's afraid to come in. I don't Probably. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Mick. Hi, Mickey. How are you? So, Mickey, foreign aid. No, I'm kidding. We're not talking about that anymore. Hey, thank you for uh, for your point of view. I don't. I don't want to even do it. I don't, I don't even want to address it right now. Sure. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. Oh, this song's appropriate. Yeah. I am literally right there with O'Neal right now. I am like, ugh. Put me in a bad. Mickey, put me in a better mood, please. Okay. okay people are dying from fat drugs. <laughs> uh, no, they're not. Check the roadways. Dean, though, right on on Ozempic is what you were telling me is that this drug that we've been talking about now for the better part of like what six. months? months mm-hmm. and there are people who are ODing as a result of overuse of this drug well what's, but what does an OD look like they don't want to have donuts anymore like what is this no, severe no, OD no, look no, like? no 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 let me turn that off all right okay. there we go yeah. okay so let's get into it so we're talking about the Ozempic and uh also known as Wagovi very popular right now for weight loss and lowering blood sugar and in the past year the Washington Poison Center has seen a 500 percent jump in calls from people worried that they've overdosed. And so Associate Medical Director Dr. Sasha Kaiser says. For some of these medications, you're supposed to take it weekly. And so people misunderstand and they take it daily instead. And Dr. Savitha Subaranian, University of Washington School of Medicine, says a new study out of New Mexico shows that patients who take the active ingredient in Ozempic called semaglutide are the ones who are usually overdosing. Wherever the individual is getting their vial semaglutide from, which is not the approved form and which is not recommended, there can be dosing errors. Yeah, big time dosing errors. So both Dr. Kaiser and Dr. Sumeranian say that some people get confused when they use a multiple dose vial instead of the preloaded injection pen, which is how Wagovi and Ozempic come. You put it right into the abdomen, right? You, you can put it in your arm, you can put it in your thigh, okay. you can put it in your, your belly. You put it on top of ice cream? Because as a You're not going to want ice cream, no. Okay. <laughs> so, and the way Ozempic work is, works is that it slows down the stomach's gastric emptying. It makes you feel fuller longer, and it suppresses the appetite. And Dr. Sumeranian says... And so if you take too much of it, you can have severe nausea and vomiting, and that can lead to dehydration, Ugh. sometimes even uh, a kidney failure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This kind of reminds me, because my thought about it was when I was a burgeoning baby drug addict... Mm-hmm. 
when you start taking you know you start taking pills or maybe smoke a little heroin, you start thinking to yourself, well, you know, a little did a little bit. Now little does a little more. You know, yeah, yeah. It, mm-hmm. yeah. So now instead of just one Vicodin, I'm now going to take, but why not just take like two and see how it works, Ooh. right? So my thought was, that, or why not just take eight and see what a Tuesday feels like? My thought was is that people were thinking, oh, I'm losing so much weight on Ozempic. Maybe I could speed this process up by double right. tapping. Right, double now, tapping. Now, we don't know that for sure, but uh, Dr. Submaranian says that, that that could also be Another reason why they're taking this medication so frequently, but it doesn't speed up the weight loss prog- the weight loss process. What what ends up happening is that you get really really sick, and if for some reason you know over the counter uh, meds to help with nausea or maybe a prescription to help with the diarrhea or the or the vomiting don't work, you should really call your clinic, the doctor who prescribed you the medication, and more than likely they're going to send you the ER because you're going to need some meds. I had dinner with a friend of mine last mm-hmm. night and he's trying to lose some weight yeah i don't want to say his name because everybody knows him okay it was spike i'm kidding i had dinner with somebody <laughs> people know i don't care no so, one's buying this so yeah. i go out to dinner with a friend of mine and he mm-hmm. says that he's doing atkins he's just doing high protein okay. leafy veg that's okay. his whole vibe and he's going to be walking a little bit more and that's and he feels very content with that being his process he's an older gentleman we, we get a little extra pounds on him but my thought was basically this. We used to try to approach these things with fairly low risk mm-hmm. interventions. Yeah. I understand that there are some people who require this medication. Yes. But what I see on the ads is it seems very trendy. It is and very trendy. It seems very cool and hip to be on Ozempic. Well, it's a trendy drug. And so, you know, you see the ads everywhere. I mean, the jingle lives in almost everyone's head, right? Oh, I think the song, oh, I think the song oh, it's, mag- it's Magic is trending on, t- on, on right. those charts again because of this drug commercial. And on top of that, you've got like places like Weight Watchers offering some eglutide. And now a lot of these diet industry places like Jenny Craig are going out of business because they aren't able to keep up with this weight loss trend of Let's go ahead and take the semaglutide to lose the weight because it really does work. Now, these are serious medications. I'm on a GLP-1 medication. I'm not on these two, but I'm on a different one. I'm monitored by my doctor every three months. It does have side effects. And so I do go to my doctor and we talk about it. These aren't medications that you should just, oh, I want to lose a couple of pounds, so let me go take an injection. No, these are these are serious drugs that have some big Side effects. And when you overdose, although Dr. Kaiser has said no one has reportedly died from any of these overdoses, okay. doesn't mean that. Yet. The word yeah. yet. Right. So eh, I, I feel you, Jack, but still, it's, it's, it's a drug that has changed my life. I had this really dark thought over the weekend. I can I share it with you guys really quick? Always. I, I thought. Turn the mics on first. I, I, I'm sure th- the city gets to hold this. <laughs> oh, we've been on the whole time? So what? We've my, been on. My thought was basically this. And see if you guys see it. If I, the, one of the reasons that I stay away from hard drugs, you know, because I used to be a horrible drug addict before I got sober. One of the reasons, because I'm, thank you so much, Andrew. One of the reasons that I stay away from it is because I realized that if I OD'd now, it would be kind of a, like a trope. Do you know what I mean? It would be such a bad cliche. Okay. Kind of like, you know what I mean? Where it wouldn't, it wouldn't be like, it wouldn't be a surprise to people. 
Right. And I want my death to be a surprise. Like I <laughs> saved a bus full of orphans or something right. from going over a cliff. Right. You and ran into a burning building. I ran, right. Yeah. Exactly. I want people to be like, oh, he did what? He saved all those macaques? You know what I mean? Like yeah. that would. <laughs> You're a good man. <laughs> right? like, Seriously. Really? Build a, get the statue built. Like, I would want it to be like, you mean he carried those 20 babies down those flights of stairs by himself with third degree burns? Mm-hmm. If it's. He bought some blow and there was fentanyl in it. That's not as exciting. And people go, well, it makes sense because he's a recovering drug addict. I've unfortunately lost some people to right. that. That's yes. what I'm saying. Yeah. Is that, so I was saying that I needed to be a little bit more like uh, he jumped on the fireworks to prevent them from going off over the, the home for wayward dogs. That's the kind of death that I need. Well, there's still time, Jack. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Mickey. Is it still, is there a shortage for people who are diabetic and need it? Because initially that was the problem. So listen, TikTok is not where I go to get news. However, sometimes there are a few reporters that I do follow on TikTok. And okay. one of them did report that there is, um, there is a facility. I want to say it's in Indiana, Idaho or Indiana. I think it's Indiana. And that facility is up and running to fill the pens with Ozempic and Wagovi. So the shortage, fingers crossed, should be over soon. Okay. Well, thank you, Mickey Gomez. We appreciate your time. Medication shortages, I've been dealing with that recently. It's a nightmare. Absolute nightmare. I had to have Dr. Z call in a prescription like three times for me. Because I was like, DZ, I can't. This is just the, 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 I kept getting this notification that my prescriptions were being filled. Yeah. And then I would call the pharmacy and they would say, it's now we're out of those. It's, we're out of this. another shipment didn't come in. And yeah. I would say a lot of people are feeling that. And I would go, so what other doses do you have? And then using complicated math, you know, one, two, three, four, figuring out what well, two of these equals of tens, give me twenty fives. <laughs> yeah, it makes it right. Okay, it's such yeah. a weird thing to go through. Hey, speaking of, by the way, what does being sober mean today for many? Not full abstinence, and I got to tell you, as someone who works in the community of rehabilitation. This is very true. I'm finding more and more that people who are moving away from certain substances are starting to gravitate towards other substances Mm. that are less damaging to their psychological well-being. And I think it's a new way to approach sobriety. Not for everybody, but for some people. We'll talk about it when we get back right after this. What does being sober mean today? Some people are what they call California sober. Laura, have you heard of such a thing, being California sober? I have certainly heard of being California sober. Would you mind explaining to the audience what being California sober is? It is when one does not drink alcohol, but does partake in cannabis. Mm, Very good. Very good. So I have... uh, Very good, Andrew. (laughs) I have uh, I've been in around the recovery community. I think I was probably twenty three or twenty four years old, and one of the reasons that I don't go to AA meetings ever is because I I think I told you the story with Spike, but I'll tell it again. There's a guy who uh, had been sober for like fifteen, seventeen years, something like that. Okay, and his wife uh, leaves him, and he so he comes into this meeting and he's telling everybody at this meeting. He says that my wife has decided to leave me. And when she walked out, I said to myself, I'm going to go have a drink. So I went down to the bar and I ordered a beer and I pulled it up to my lips. And the second that I sipped it, I went, what am I doing? All of a sudden he had a moment of clarity. Right. And he said he, he gave this great big old speech about how thankful he was for this men's group 
and how, you know, it's this old church that we're all in, and he's yeah. saying, I just feel so blessed to have you guys in my life, because if I didn't have this meeting, I would have gone totally off the rails, and I would have tied one on, but I thought of you guys in that moment, and I just want to say thank you to this. Men are crying. People are having a big emotional response to this. Uh, the leader of the group told him he wasn't allowed to speak, because he had had a drink in the last 24 hours, and uh, then kindly asked him to turn in his coin and then come back in 24 hours so that he could receive a 24-hour coin. And I said to myself, I can't, this this kind of sobriety, this kind of bag, I'm, I'm not going to be part of this. There's mm. no way, right? So what I like about this article that was written in the Seattle Times um, is, it's like, originally from the, the New York Times, but what I like about it is that it talks about how some people consider themselves sober because they are not engaging with their DOC, their drug of choice. Right. And I think... For many people, this is actually a, a good thing, right? Sure. If I went to an NA meeting, they would say that I am not sober because I take prescribed medications. I see because I, I, my doctor is prescribing medications. Right. I take those medications. Right. There are purists out there sure. that would say I'm spiritually damaged and I blah blah blah. You know what yeah. I mean? They would yeah. go off their whole big you're book. Faking thing. it. <laughs> faking it. Yeah. You're not. You're white knuckling it right now, yeah. brother. You got to yeah. be clean as a driven snow. Uh, I can't go to an NA meeting because on occasion, if I if I'm out with some friends, I might have are three quarters of a Guinness and then go, my tummy hurts and then leave. Do you know what I mean? I do. I do. So there's this weird thing. Like, didn't I have like a splash of wine at your house? I think you for, did with dinner. Yeah. I had a On little, Christmas night. I had a little, just a, a hummingbird's beak worth of wine at Spike's house and I'm not sober anymore. Ooh, I'm going to go free base. <laughs> Give me a coin. Exactly. So when I look at this, I say, I think that there are many people who can, when they remove themselves from their DOC, have a healthy relationship with substances. I would not say that about heroin, and I would not say that about cocaine, no. and I would not say that about methamphetamine, but there are some people who can though go and develop a healthy relationship with substances, and I think we should celebrate that as opposed to shaming people for finding alter safer alternatives than drinking themselves into a blackout every single night. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, sp I spent a few days in church basements myself mm -hmm. um, under this... Uh this effort to get a better life. Mm -hmm. So there are people who are regimented, like you said, and, and just religious, but no, no pun intended about their beliefs and what it takes and what it means to be sober. That's what they need. That's what that guy at that meeting needed to get through his day was to be uh, superior, was to throw that guy out and mm. come back tomorrow. And you got 24. That's what kept that guy straight and sober that day. And good on him. But there's there's a tons of basements. There's tons of churches out there, folks. I can tell you, you know. And if, if find and that's the whole thing is find something that works for you. If being regimented and, and disciplined and rigorous, yeah, and you know unwavering, if that's what it takes for you, then you go there. You be part of that group. You lock the doors behind you. Don't let anybody else in. If if it takes a little puff at night to keep the anxiety away, go. You do that. Well, so this is interesting because they cover this guy Mike Reed, who was a he's a musician. He's an Uber driver in Arizona. He quit drinking about 10 years ago when his roommates kicked him out. Way to go, Mike. And then he found out that he was really struggling emotionally because his sister, who has Down syndrome, was diagnosed with cancer and was dying from cancer. Oh. So he started uh, smoking marijuana to deal with the anxiety around that. Mm -hmm. He also went to a clinic for infusions of ketamine, and he's tried microdosing. Now, all of these things have been approved medically for use in dealing with depression, anxiety, mm -hmm. and so on and yeah, so forth. You bet. Certainly not in combination, though. Am I right or am I right? I don't have to be driving an Uber. <laughs> i got to tell you. Because you in combination, that's what I used to call, Andrew, a Tuesday. <laughs> I said a Tuesday, and ah, there it is. I used to call well, that Andrew's a little slow. Should we have him tested? <laughs>
Did you fill this up at the end of the show? Thank you, my friend. So, it, it, but the, the, like, I know people who de- do ketamine infusions. I know people who uh, microdose. I certainly would never do such a thing because, I, of course, I'm a, I'm a good, clean young man and would right. never advocate and for such a thing. we signed something saying we wouldn't. Never make yeah. jokes about it. Never mention it again on the air. But there has been some scientific research out right. there which would right. suggest for some people that this is very beneficial under the guidance of a clinician. There you go. And so that's why I think that this is important for people to understand. Did you know even uh, uh, Bill W. from AA was a a heavy user of LSD, said it cured him of his alcoholism. Didn't know that. I I thought he white-knuckled it. No. (laughs) There's a lot of research to show that these things can help people with their addictions. And so when I when I read this article, I was just happy to see people talking about it because I've been talking about this for the better part of a decade being that, uh, again, you know, like, you remember what happened to Demi Lovato, um, the singer? Uh, uh, there's been a lot of different things happen to Demi Lovato. Uh, yeah. With regard to her sobriety, you mean? Laura, you know what happened to Demi Lovato, right? It's, and again, like, quite a lot. Are we talking about... You guys, don't, you guys aren't subscribed to the Demi Lovato Facebook update page where I'm you get not. push notifications about everything that's going on with Demi Lovato? Was this her, was this her bad <laughs> chin cleft implant? No, this is, so she, she got sober off of black tar heroin. And then I heard, heard that, and then she was California sober, right? And then I heard people, that too. people, she was maligned on social media, and then she succumbed to the presuppositions of the mob, and she said, "Being clean and sober, sober is the only way to be." And oh, right, so the thing that I find again so very interesting about this is that look at what people you want to talk about peer pressure right. with drugs. Look at peer pressure from the perspective of AA or NA. Which in some cases can be a good thing, but in some cases can actually be a very bad thing when there are treatments that are available to people which will benefit them. Right, and when you're unwelcome at a meeting and you and you don't go anywhere and you just try to do it on your own and you fall back into your addiction, who's that help? It helps nobody. Right, exactly. So a survey found that 44% of adults ages 19 to 30 said that in 2022 they had used cannabis in the past year. A record high, by the way. That year, 8% of adults in the same age range said that they had used psychedelics. That's an increase from 3% a decade earlier. I think people now more and more are understanding the benefits of psychedelics in dealing with uh, all kinds of emotional trauma. Absolutely. And and the stigmatism's coming down on marijuana. Yeah. The the benefits are being discovered because it was vilified by the pharmaceutical industry because it was competition. I actually, and those those antiquated views are 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 dis- dissipating away. I I do want to talk to a representative at some point in time in the state because th- we got to get there's some things that are Schedule One classified right. that like that just don't belong Not there, anymore. Right? I think we all know that, and they need to be bumped down. All right, so uh, we'll take a really quick break when we get back. They. Are we talking about Grammys? I thought we were talking about Grammys because you were talking. We were talking about how much you loved the Grammys. You watched every minute well, of it. You uh, T-voted it so you could save it for all time. My cynicism officially died last night. But we had also we talked a little bit earlier about what you said. One of the greatest acting performances of all time that I was oblivious to. Oh, that's right. we'll talk about both. We get back okay. right after this. Yes, the Grammys were a thing. Washington artists took some Grammys. Big whoop. Super cool. Everybody's you, you happy know, about it. I, I got to tell you, the, all I'll say about the Grammys is that my cynicism died last night. I used to give a rat's patootie that, hey, man, where's all the rock and roll? Where's the, how can they make the metal awards uh, off air in the pre-show? Blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. I'm like, you know why? Because mm-hmm. rock and roll ain't selling any records. No, because metal ain't selling any records. What what was on the Grammys last night was what sells what pop music the, exactly pop hip-hop. and hip hop. Yes, yep. 
I finally had had the awakening. You know, I, my I'm, I, my day has passed as far as music goes. <laughs> right? You kids got there and have your fun. Yeah, and that's yeah. a good way to view yeah. it. Yeah. Just to just welcome this slow, cold embrace of death. Right. Spike, right? I'll have just, good music at least. Do not go quietly. <laughs> right? I'll put on an Eagles album. No, no. Fade He's away. saying go quietly. Go quietly. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. My bad. Go quietly into the warm and yet suddenly cold embrace of death as you realize that your youth was frittered away on nonsense and whimsy as you slowly descend into oblivion. Yes? Is this Clearly. What you're telling me? You know, one of the highlights of last night was uh, Tracy Chapman. Who, uh, who has a little clip of that actually okay. if you want to listen to it. Oh, the, the tempo's off. Well, it's live. Yeah, but still, the, the song is supposed to be about four or five BPMs a little bit faster. Well, the song won an award for the Grammy. Who was the, the artist? I couldn't even tell you his name. The country artist who won a Grammy last night big for his cover. Big, obviously, a big old fat guy. Let's be a little more specific. Big old fat guy. I, 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 Laura, if you could look up the, the gentleman who won a Grammy's name. And at first, my thought is, you know, I like the, what... Oh, Luke, Luke Combs. Combs. Luke Combs, yep. thank you. I'm thinking, you know what I like better is when she was singing, when he jumped on into his version, it kind of, for me, ruined it. But then I'm thinking, wait a minute. If, if, if it took Luke Combs well-groomed beard and hiding his triple neck mm-hmm. to, to get this song to a new audience, so be it. That's the good side. It's yeah, the, no, that's it the silver is. lining. It is. I think that people forget about you know Tracy Chapman as as a musician, but also as a gay musician. I don't think right. a lot of people really understand the impact that she had in, on music in a very subtle no, way in right. the early '90s. And no matter how good that song is, his audience would never have heard anything about Tracy Chapman until he did a cover. Probably not. No. I so mean, so good. My cynicism you know, died. Her live record where she's playing the Oakland Coliseum. I think it's in like '82. No, it's in like '92 or '93. Probably '91 too. Yes. She's playing. I you know probably thirty thousand people you can hear a pin drop it's her it's her acoustic guitar yep and it's it is just silent just a oakland coliseum just filled with lesbians if you there. haven't watched that performance look it up it's, it's, oh, wait, no, i have seen it what are you talking yeah. about no, I'm, to the audience i'm uh, not talking to you uh, obviously you've seen it sorry, sorry. I, I saw her tour with the uh, amnesty now tour in 88 with sting and gabriel and springsteen and Tracy Chapman. And these guys all have powerful bands, biggest rock artists in the world. And she literally brought the house down with an acoustic guitar. Do you know how she got her um, how she, she got her start? Didn't she? Um, that somebody had canceled and she had to be drawn so on, brought on stage? Stevie Wonder. Right. This is at Wembley. Uh, Stevie right. Wonder, his tape for his backing tracks hadn't shown up. And so he refused to go on. He was. He said, "I'm not. I'm not doing." He's it. not going on until he can give the show so, the audience uh, show he wants to right. give them. So the promoter goes to Tracy Chapman and says. You think you could do like 25, 30 minutes on stage? And Tracy Chapman goes, Yep, yeah, I can do it. So she goes out in front of a packed capacity, a, a packed capacity stadium. stadium. Who want to see someone else? Who, yeah. yeah. And then she, you go and you see that performance, and she, she does a really tight oh. 30 minute set. Oh. And it's amazing that one human being can garner the attention of that many people who had no idea who she was. <laughs> right. No. Come on. Now here's a black lesbian you right. don't know. Right. Exactly. And so I think it's always interesting when we talk about Tracy Chapman. It's almost like in a weird way, um, she changed music in such a subtle way in kind of the way the band changed music in such a no one. Will, if I say leave on helm. Mm hmm. 99% of music aficionados have no idea who I'm talking about. If I say Robert, Robbie Robertson, right. any of those guys, Rick right? Danko, Rick Danko, yeah, yeah, yeah. Garth, they're right. not going to know. But if you're, if you're deep cut in understanding the anthology of American music, they changed it in a very subtle way, I think, in the same way that Tracy Chapman did, 
which is why it's nice to see her celebrated yeah, at the her. Grammys. And Luke Combs is looking like he's putting on a couple pounds. Am I right? <laughs> that was just before the show. He's putting on... <laughs> yeah, they had to let his tuxedo out three times last night. Got... I'm kidding. Yeah, he's a wonderful yeah. artist. He's very good. I will say, though, that did you guys see the footage of when he brought that little kid up on stage to sing with him? Uh-uh. It, it could have been like one of those moments where Michael Blue, Buble brings on somebody and who they can, can actually sing. Crush. Who can yeah, crush. I saw that. But it wasn't. Oh. It was a little eight-year-old who can't oh. sing. Oh. So it was like, it was supposed to be heartwarming, but it's kind of hard to be heartwarming when you're going like, Ooh, oh, oh. You know, it was a yeah. deep, Laura's mad at me for making fun. He couldn't sing, Laura. What do you want me to no, do? They gave everyone at the Grammys the, the school concert experience. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, uh, Andrew A plus, Chris Martin. I'm going to give you an A-plus just for being you, buddy. There you go. Laura, A-plus. Spike, I'm going to give you a D-minus today for not Ooh. bringing it because I didn't get to talk about Spencer. Which I know. Is, which I, I apologize. You had to talk about Tracy Chapman. Right. And you had you had one of the greatest acting performances of all time to share with the audience, and I didn't let you do it. <laughs> Here's your quote of the day. Nice shooting, son. What's your name? Look at the amount of time people waste when they go to Disneyland. I mean, there are other places that you can go to take your child to To see a talking frog? Tell me where, Jack. Tell me where. You give them a little bit of mushrooms, go in the woods. (laughs) We'll see (laughs) you.